show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pops, blue ribbon! You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Money, 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 money! I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! And welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. I'm your host, Eric Mulder. So he says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. Damn near. Damn near. Joined today by Mr. Wolfie T. That's right. Wolfman's got nards. There it is. And Jason, who we have no clip for still. Yep. Still working on it. God, when did I announce I was going to change my clip? Like episode 75-ish? Or I think I was going to have it changed by episode 75, and then it finally changed like... <laughs> 108. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was like four months, five months. Yeah. I'm going to watch some of the Jason movies and find a good one. So there you go. That'll be my homework. Have you, have you seen, like, how many of the Friday the 13th have you seen? You know, I think the only Jason movie I've seen was Jason versus Freddy. So you haven't even seen the original? I don't think so. That's a shame. Oh. That's uh I have not seen Freddy versus Jason. I've seen uh Halloween and I don't The know. Rob Zombie Halloween. Rob Zombie Halloween? Yeah. Is that What's the one you one? saw? I don't know. Which one was that? It was oh, called Halloween and it was directed by Rob Zombie. <laughs> it came the first out one with came out in Myers, 07. Right? No. No. What was the original one with with uh, John Carpenter directed it 78. Jamie Lee. That yeah. one's called Halloween. Yeah, yeah, that one. That's the one I saw. Okay. But yeah, I got to catch up on those old horror movies. Well, I have the Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street collections, but the Friday the 13th still don't have yet. But as we talked about on what was the last episode, that new know, box set is coming out. Mm-hmm. Only I as think the it's, f- I think it's already out. Actually, is it? I don't know. I knew it was going to be this year, early this year. 2018 maybe it's coming i don't know but it's it's got the first eight speaking uh, of which happy new year everyone yeah yeah it's that time again we were gonna do this or not this, this is a mini up but we're gonna be doing terror train after this and we were gonna have that done before new year's but right let us be the first to wish you a happy new year <laughs> <laughs> that's right but uh yeah we scheduling issues 2018 around christmas time and then we all got sick as fuck last week yeah it was not a good week you're both sick yeah, yeah. i was out for a couple of days me too I avoided it yeah you avoided it like the plague yeah. <laughs> i heard that's coming back in uh madagascar uh, is that where it was yeah. yeah i was reading about that recently there are like a few cases that pop up like every year, basically, but mm-hmm. mostly in Madagascar. Because <laughs> they, 
They have some uh, unsanitary uh, burial practices over there, and apparently that causes plague. I see. Makes sense. Yeah, because every time I read a story about that, like, oh, somebody in Illinois got the plague. Like, the doctor's like, oh, you got the plague. Here, you just take that. <laughs> like, it's a pretty simple fix from what I hear. Huh. It's not like they're in the hospitals for, you know, two months. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they have vaccines or cures or something for it because – how many people have died of the plague in the last 400 years? <laughs> a few, I'm sure. <laughs> in Madagascar. Yeah, in <laughs> That's why they made a children's movie based in Madagascar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did they include the plague in the movie? Uh, I don't know. Maybe one of the sequels was about that. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go over some film news. Only thing we'll touch on really in this area today is the... Golden Globes that were last Sunday. I'm sure you guys both watched the Golden Globes. Super excited. <laughs> Glued to the edge of my seat. Watched start to finish. Even the red carpet. Or should I say the black carpet? <laughs> Hashtag time's up. <laughs> I've seen yeah. about three seconds of it. No audio. Yeah. Brett was fibbing a little bit there. Uh, yeah, we didn't no, watch I... any of it. We pretty much have nothing but contempt for the Golden Globes. I'm new. I'm I'm indifferent. Well, I would th- say indifference is is my feeling towards it. It's one of the more worthless award shows, but it is. I'll give it that it's more fun than any of the other award shows. Usually, you know, last Sunday excluded because yeah. usually they have some like Ricky Gervais or Amy Poehler and Tina Fey would host, and it's it's a lot more kind of a lighthearted jokey atmosphere people are drinking there they're at the tables you know you don't, there's no alcohol at the oscars everyone's kind of sitting at tables with usually their friends or friendly co-workers colleagues it's more of a let's kind of have a fun tonight hollywood you know but now yeah. it's all serious because time's up super <laughs> <laughs> time's up for fun and games apparently they don't spell times with an apostrophe either so so all those pins were incorrect. They're really, they they're really against grammar too. Yeah. Uh, we'll just go over some of the quote unquote big winners first. Yeah, tell um, us who won. Yeah, <laughs> let's hear it. So best picture for drama was Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which I saw. Uh, very good movie. Other nominees: Call Me by Your Name, Dunkirk, The Post, and The Shape of Water. I mean, we're obviously we're gonna do our. What have you seen lately after this? And I've seen quite a few new movies, but I'm only going to talk about a couple. But anyways, Three Billboards won. And then for the best picture, musical or comedy, Lady Bird won, um, which has a lot of a lot of buzz as well. Greta Gerwig directed that one. I don't even remember. Was that about Lyndon Johnson's wife? <laughs> it was not. Really? What was uh, it about? It was a... Uh, uh, Sersha Ronan plays a young, just a young like teenage girl in high school. Her mother's played by Laurie Metcalf. Oh. Talking about growing up and whatnot. I just assumed it was about Lyndon Johnson's wife. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, her name was Lady Bird, or yeah. her name was Lady Bird. Yeah. Okay. That's why I thought it was about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you think that? Uh, Having never heard of it until right now. I actually <laughs> heard about it earlier today on a on different podcast I was listening to. You're listening to other people's podcasts? I'm sorry. What? I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, I do that every day. <laughs> but uh, no, actually, when I heard Lady Bird, I thought of the dog 
Is that, that's the name of a dog in some show, right? Uh, like King of the Hill yes. or something? Lady yeah, Bird. I think yeah, it is yeah, King of the Hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lady Bird. Yeah, that's what probably I Probably because I'm proud. sure Johnson was a Texas native. Yeah, he was from Texas. They probably were proud of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, he had JFK shot in his own state. <laughs> yeah. He was a mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Have you heard those... Uh, there's some recordings floating around of Lyndon B. Johnson like talking to his tailor about custom ordering a suit or something. Well, you needed more ballroom. Yeah, he's like really vulgar <laughs> talking to his his tailor. Like, oh, I hate it when my balls get all sweaty and stuff. <laughs> like, I don't remember exactly what he says, but it's pretty hilarious. Well, he used to give speeches and then like, just like take a piss behind the podium while he was speaking. Yeah. He was just like whip it out. And uh, just take a piss on the podium and then keep going. Yeah, he was much. he was the president for a term and a half. <laughs> <laughs> he got reelected. He also passed the civil rights bill. Yeah, as long as he did his job, <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. The civil rights bill that he called the N word bill, probably, but according to his White House biographer, that's what he called it. Seriously? Yes. Is that shocking? Based on everything you've just learned. No. Just, I learned something new today. He's a pretty baller president. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't you know, a baller president, yeah. Um, yeah, he really didn't give a fuck. And especially back then in the 60s, it's not like someone was going, Mr. President, did you just say the N-word? It's like nobody was, like if he said it, everyone's like, well, yeah, that's what everyone yeah, else isn't calls that what them. they're called? Yeah, isn't that what it is? I've seen enough movies from that time period <laughs> to know that that was pretty common. Yeah, yeah. Well into the well into the seventies. In fact, uh, after he called it the N word, Bill, he said, "These N words are going to be voting for us for the next forty years." <laughs> Speaking of race relations, did <laughs> did Get Out win any awards? Um. Let's see. We'll we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. It was nominated as a comedy. Yeah. Really? People didn't like that. Huh. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, I can see why they don't like that. Uh, there's definitely comedic elements in there, but I th- I think it was more appropriate if it would have been in the drama category. Yeah, I was going to say it's it a thriller, horror. Well, yeah, they only have drama. two. They only have two uh, categories, right? They have drama, and then they have like comedy slash musical. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I guess if Comedy it's not slash a slash musical, yeah. I guess if it's not like yeah. a straight jo- drama, they just throw it in the other one, is what it seems like. Yeah. Mm. So Frances McDormand won Best Actress for Three Billboards, which totally deserving. I haven't seen uh, the other nominees yet, but uh, Best Actor for Drama was Gary Oldman for The Darkest Hour. Actress in comedy was Cersei Ronan for Lady Bird. Best director, Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Best actor in a comedy or musical was James Franco, who I thought was incredible as uh, Tommy Wiseau. There was that funny moment where it's debated a little bit today that I was reading about. Because, yeah, like you said, it kind of seemed like Tommy Wiseau went up there and tried to steal the mic from Franco. But uh, Greg Sestero... Real life Greg Sestero said that he was basically dragged up there. Like he didn't want to go upstage, but then they convinced him to. And Franco was, you know, saying, Come on up here, Tommy. 
And then when he gets up there, like, I think he probably assumed that he was supposed to say like, Oh, thank you. Blah, blah, blah. But as soon as he started like reaching towards the microphone, Franco puts his hand. I was like, Hey, no, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, James Franco's brother, he's just like cracking up. Yeah. To the side, like bending over, laughing. I thought I heard that Tommy Wiseau started walking up there before they even called him up, though. I don't know. I didn't see. I just saw the tiny clip of. Yeah. Yeah. When he actually got on stage. Sounds like they were bullying him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, they bring him up there and then, no, you can't talk, though. Yeah. Right. Which I mean, it's kind of that's what it's supposed to be. But he could have just said, thank you. Yeah. But I mean, that's nothing's ever simple with Tommy Wiseau. He probably would have started saying some weird, crazy shit. <laughs> True. Uh, but some people online were saying they they thought maybe it was like planned out, like it was just a, you know, joke mm-hmm. to get him on stage and do that. Um, yeah. Kind of fits in with his persona or whatever. Most definitely. Um, Didn't uh, Ali Sheedy tweet something out about James Franco? <laughs> that she did. We'll get to that in a second. Let's okay. just get through some of the more winners here. Okay. Uh, see, best supporting actor, uh, Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards, which is he was great in there. Uh, best screenplay was Three Billboards. Best foreign language was In the Fade. Not sure what country that was from. Coco won best animated film. Uh, Erd Coco was pretty solid. It was pretty good. That was the first family movie I'd seen in since Frozen, I think. Oh, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, and and you waited till they took the frozen short off the beginning of it? <laughs> yeah. I missed out on that. It's it was too white. I read it was too white. That's that's funny. I got rid of it. <laughs> I heard people were complaining. That was because, the rumor. Uh, the rumor was it was too white to have in front of a brown film. Well, that's the rumor. <laughs> <laughs> I heard they cut it out because People like parents were complaining because their kids got all excited that there was going to be a new Frozen movie, mm. and then they had to let them down. They actually released a statement that they cut it out because it was only supposed to be like a th- three or four week release, anyways. Hmm. And after four weeks, they stopped showing it. Sounds convenient. <laughs> it had nothing to do with anything. I love rumors. <laughs> all right, uh, that about does it for a lot of the major winners. I mean, there's obviously a bunch of television categories but this is watch this motherfucking movie that's right not television program wtm fm yeah <laughs> wtm fm uh although god I, I, the more and more i think about twin peaks not necessarily the original series but the new limited one it kind of defies all much like the first one it defied all kind of logic in terms of what was expected or thought of like what a television series could accomplish or how it goes about kind of creating. Yeah. The new series is definitely groundbreaking and it is, I mean, he Lynch himself says to treat it like an 18 hour movie, which, you know, nobody's going to watch an 18 hour movie. Well, I mean, there's marathons out there. Mm-hmm. There was that at the um, Trilon they had, Let's see, at least the first eight might have been all the Jason movies in a row in a marathon. Nice. It was like it was like eighteen hours around. 
Yeah, I think you asked me about that, and they had the first eight, I think it was. Yeah, it was something like that. And they, were, they aired, like, all three of the extended Lord of the Rings movies. I think that happened all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do that, that for like a lot of hours or something. That's like twenty-eight hours. Right Marvel, there. Marvel does that. Those marathons when like a new Marvel movie comes out, where it's like see everyone in the universe <laughs> for like a day and then stay for <laughs> the new Avengers is about to come out. Yeah, I think last year AMC had all the Oscar nominees like back to back to back, mm-hmm. like every Saturday in February. Yeah, but like when you watch the new Twin Peaks, it doesn't have the typical. I guess hard open or hard ending for like an episode or an episodic material like television usually does. It's just kind of its own thing where quite often, like if you didn't didn't know like what Lynch, like what his work was like, or I guess kind of new to Twin Peaks. I mean, A, you'd be really confused with B. You'd be like, well, wait, it can, it's going to end here or it's going to start here. Like, they didn't resolve the problem in this episode. It's like, well, there's mm, more episodes, yeah. but there's no guarantee that any of it's going to get resolved. I mean, the more you watch, the more <laughs> you find out, you're like, well, I don't know if they really, they kind of went in a different direction here. Mm. Would you say it's only for fans of the original Twin Peaks? Uh, Well, I think you'd have to watch the original Twin Peaks to really get it. I mean... Not necessarily get it, but you're not going to know any of the characters. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of backstory that's some of it, they show some flashbacks to the original series. Mm-hmm. But I mean, by and large, you got to know what the hell's going on with each character, yeah, what their names are. And I mean, even in the first show, there's a lot of fucking characters in, <laughs> in Twin Peaks. Yeah, that's true. And each one has their own little quirks and you know, whatnot. So it's kind of and their own histories. So you kinda gotta get to you have to get to know those characters to really know what's going on in the new one. Yeah. So are these flashbacks actually pieces of the original show? Yeah, they'll show original footage. Hmm. Um, I mean there's not a lot of them. Yeah. But cool. and they don't replay like whole scenes. It's usually like fragments of a scene. Hmm. But either way, it's it's not a typical T V show and it's it should be, it's closer to a film, but it's 18 hours mm-hmm. close to, it's a little under, but so I thought about maybe in the future doing like a series of episodes on Twin Peaks. Plus one of, there is the movie Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me, the yeah, prequel film. It is a movie. So it's all, it's kind of like its own thing. It's yeah. not a movie, but it's not a television show either once you watch it. You're like mm-hmm. this is kind of just like a stream of consciousness out of David Lynch's head. <laughs> yeah, that's all David Lynch's stuff. Yeah, it's just he just opens up his brain and all just spills out. <laughs> it's like Mulholland. Like the new Twin Peaks is like Mulholland Drive for eighteen hours. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of TV shows, watch Lost. <laughs> <laughs> terrible TV show. <laughs> Oh, I love Lost. Red also hates Lost. That's terrible. Yeah. We don't need to get into it. I just had to say that. <laughs> well, I love Lost, but that was when I watched it seven years ago. So yeah. maybe my opinions would change if I watched it now. But they they got they got the hook in me though. Bad storytelling. Every not, episode. Just not a good story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, 
before we get into what have you seen uh, recently, we just got to touch on the time's up. Time is up for you assholes out there in Hollywood. Yep. Bring an activist to an award show. So, yeah, there was the big blackout where everyone was wearing black except for a few key people that everyone shamed afterwards. Those people got shamed (laughs) big time. You hate women. I didn't hear about this. So everyone that went to the Golden Globes were black. A lot of them wore Time's Up pins, the Time's Up movement. Like the entire audience was wearing black? Yeah, like every, well, all, all the, the celebrities that showed up okay. for it. Women, Can you imagine being women that one men. person that forgets? Like, oh, shit. Well, no, I mean, people just did it for various reasons. I mean, the, the ones that didn't mm-hmm. wear black. But it's to raise awareness for all the sexual harassment and assault that's been going on in Hollywood since, right. you know, forever. Yeah. Hashtag me too, hashtag time's up. Yep, hashtag time's up. Okay. So a lot of people were in pins. Like, and there was a bunch of people called out for wearing pins, like Justin Timberlake. Like, what the, yeah. why the fuck is he wearing a Time's Up pin? He's in Woody Allen's new movie. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what about every fucking actress that's in those movies? <laughs> Kate Winslet's in, uh, the co-stars. In anybody the that I works lo- with Woody Allen. I have a massive crush on Kate Winslet. Love her to death. Hmm. Pretty much love every movie that she's in. Well, at least her performances. But I don't, I guess, like her being in a Woody Allen movie. But I don't like anyone being in a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> but I'm also not going to call him out on social media saying that, well, he can't wear black or a black pin or even say that he supports the movement because he's in a Woody Allen movie. Because if we're going by that meter, then everyone that's been in those fucking movies needs to be taken out to the woodshed and beaten, apparently. Well, and like Woody Allen is old fucking news with this stuff, too. And... People in Hollywood love Woody Allen. Yep. And now all of a sudden it's a problem that Justin Timberlake is working with him? Yeah. Like, dude's been making movies for over 40 years. Um, Rose McGowan, you know, kind of kicked off this whole thing. Yeah. She was also upset at the whole wearing black. Hmm. Um, she thought it was very hypocritical. Of um, You can read her statements on Twitter, but... Oh, just like all the people that were kind of involved in that... Culture. Yeah, just like everyone's going to go up there and take their awards and, you know, breathlessly yeah. protest by wearing black. And it's like, you know, it's not not really doing anything. Uh, she also called out Meryl Streep, as I myself have before, um, <laughs> with her views on, um, you know, the, this is also terrible. And, oh, I didn't know about Harvey. And it's like, they're, oh, my God. They've right. worked together so many times. They've been friends forever. Hmm. There's so many pictures of them together. But oh no, she didn't know he was a complete pile of shit. It's like everyone yeah. fight, even if they didn't, people didn't know like rape accusations. Like I myself, obviously didn't hear of a rape accusation until it happened, you know, like a month ago. But everyone talked about how he always bragged at dinner parties about the actresses he'd sleep with, hmm. and everyone talked about even the people that said they, you know, didn't know what he was like behind closed doors. Everyone called him a bully or an asshole. Or a jerk to work with, or he's just a powerful guy that you got to put up with. Yeah. He's going to get your shit done. If that's, you know, that's the... And Miramax was a lot bigger back in the day than it is now, and now it's just the Weinstein Company, pretty much. Yeah. But but even people were making jokes, like, if you want to be, you know, an award-winning actress in Hollywood, you got to sleep with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, that was, that was a common joke. Like, that was... And it was a joke, but... It was like a wink, wink, semi-serious 
thing that people would say because and everyone happening. laughed because they all fucking knew it just they, like uh, Seth MacFarlane's joke yeah. when yeah. they announced the nominees a few years ago Seth MacFarlane was hosting the Oscars and he's like let's meet the get or get to know the five women who don't have to uh, pretend they find Harvey Weinstein attractive anymore yeah it's like everybody this is an open secret yeah it's twisted man it's even if you don't know specific rape allegations you know he's a pile of shit yeah mm-hmm. And also with Meryl Streep, um, she also gave a standing ovation to Roman Polanski when he won his Best Director Oscar. Mm-hmm. The same man who wasn't in the room because he's not allowed in the country for r- drugging and raping a 13-year-old, yeah. admittedly. It's like, oh, she can so, stand and give him a standing ovation. But, you know, but she's, she's uh, you know, me too, time's up. Right. Mm-hmm. And that goes with a lot of these celebrities. Oprah had her big speech. And she was a huge friends with Harvey Weinstein as well. Really? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pictures. There's a picture of Oprah kissing Weinstein. <laughs> there's oh. actually, there's a lot of photos of actresses kissing him. But this is like, at like, not like a real kiss. Like at like on award cheek. shows, like on the cheek or even yeah. on the lips sometimes. Yeah. But these actresses and people are so, you know, lovey-dovey with him. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, nobody knew. Yeah, I'm sure. Nobody knew. Like the, everyone fucking knows because they all spoke up about it. Yeah. Have you seen the the video of Uma Thurman talking about it? Uh, a, a, it was a while back, right? Like a month ago yeah. or something. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember what she said exactly, but yeah, she worked on Weinstein films. Yeah. Because she worked with Tarantino, so. Yeah, I keep <laughs> mention, mentioning that to people, and they're like, "Oh, I saw the you know transcript of what she said or whatever." But you got to see the video because she, it's like you've never seen a person so angry like it's she's just barely holding it back like she's mm-hmm. about to murder someone uh, yeah it's just quentin himself admitted that i knew more than what how did he phrase it i knew more than basically said i should have done something because i knew a lot more than i let on because he used to date mira sorvino and she told him about harvey harassing her assaulting her mm-hmm. and he was like oh it'll be fine now because harvey's my guy so he knows she's off limits she doesn't have to worry about it you know blah 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 man but i mean all these people work with him and they pretend like they don't know how shit works in hollywood yeah right. i mean it's it's really messed up it's not how, like it's just weinstein either <laughs> yeah yeah i mean just just that power dynamic when you have somebody that's so freaking powerful that they like you know they have so much influence in the industry they can make things happen they can make things not happen like wh- what do you do about that you know mm-hmm like when you're, I mean, your entire career, your whole life depends on what he thinks of you, basically. You start a, you start a hashtag. <laughs> I guess yeah. so. But I mean, when it's like, it's not just, you know, a few people. It's like everybody kind of depends mm-hmm. on him. So, yeah. So they took Justin Timberlake out to the woodshed a little bit. And people also dogged on James Franco. Um, some people just thought it was hypocritical of him winning an award and wearing the pin because if he's, I mean, he's had some creepy run-ins. There was that thing on Instagram when he was trying to hook up with that teenager. Yeah. That one time he's like, he's, he's been creepy several times, I think throughout his life, mm-hmm. but he's just an odd duck. He is an odd duck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he, the people were, you know, trashing him. And then, I also saw another article today that people are saying that Gary Oldman is going to be this year's Casey Affleck. 
because last year people were pissed off the KCF like won best the Oscar for best actor because of the allegations in the past where he had those settlements. And they said, "Do you know about that, Jason?" Um, not really ringing a bell. Well, there's one or two. There was two women. There was two separate lawsuits that were settled out of court. Basically, it was harassment, you know, hostile work environment, things like that. It revolved around the making of the, is it called I'm Not Here? Is that one with Joaquin Phoenix? And everyone thought Joaquin Phoenix went crazy. But it was really just Casey Affleck videotaping him for the movie. Where he grew the beard and became a rapper. Like a mockumentary sort of thing. Yeah, it was during when they were making that. It was was all settled um, out of court. One of the women said that, I guess, I, I don't know how he can quantify what, KCF like allegedly did like worse or better but one of the things that he allegedly did was like uh, one of the girls was sleeping in a room one night and then she woke up and Affleck was like in his boxers like on her bed and like just like laying next to her and then she was kind of like you know like what the fuck you doing and after a couple of minutes you know she got him to leave or whatever but and the, the reeked of alcohol and whatnot, so that'd be like, yeah, it'd be weird if you woke up and Casey Affleck's just hanging out there. Because, <laughs> right. yeah. you know, she's like, well, I don't know what he was doing when I was asleep. And, I mean, I don't think she said she was inebriated, so you'd think if you were being touched or, well, I don't know. I mean, some people are light sleepers, some aren't. Mm-hmm. So maybe he could have been touching her while she was asleep or maybe not. See, so, I don't know. Well, I, I just read about a guy on an airplane who got two fingers deep on the girl next to him. So, well, she was asleep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I, I didn't read it, but I saw the headline. They used the term digitally manipulating. <laughs> <laughs> or no, digital, digitally penetrated. They, oh, okay. They used. Well, it was like mani- <laughs> manipulate actually sounds funny. But. Yeah, it sounds like Photoshop. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she fell asleep on an airplane, and uh, she wakes up her shirt's open her bra's open her pants are open and the dude's like inside her with his fingers must have been mm-hmm. a deep sleeper and he his wife was on the other side and uh i don't know they they arrested the guy but uh obviously stuff can happen when you're asleep yeah even in public places i don't know how that happens when you're asleep i mean <clears throat> how did he Get down her pants, like open Excuse her me. belt or yeah, her pants. Would, and maybe she has wearing she a skirt. Notice. That's the only thing I can think of. Commando on that skirt. So, yeah, there's there's been past allegations of some sort of misconduct by Casey Affleck. Now, that's, yeah, those were, I think, settled by 2010 or something like that. But they came up again kind of after, or I guess when he won last year for Best Actor. Some people were pissed off about it. Hmm. Now, they're saying, um, I read an article, the headline was, people are calling Gary Oldman this year's Casey Affleck. And I'm like, I haven't heard anything about Gary Oldman. What the fuck did he do? So I look it up, and it's one of those kind of stupid articles where it's like a video plane of just like the person they're talking about, and they'll have lettering over the video. And then they have to, you know, make some of the lettering colorful so you can get their point across. So it was like, uh, Gary Oldman has had... um, accusations in the past of domestic violence or something like that hmm. and so this could be a another casey affleck situation and i'm like okay so what happened here what are the what are the accusations because i'd never heard of anything about gary Oldman before i know he's married a lot um well so i looked it up he's on his fifth marriage right now he used to be married to uma thurman actually 
um, in early 90s. <coughs> but his third marriage, I believe it was, which was just after Uma Thurman. So his third marriage, she accused him of beating like her and like their kids. And there was a court case, obviously, divorce, custody battle, all that. Well, apparently she was full of shit because the judge not only ruled against her, he gave sole custody to Gary Oldman and um, only granted her very little visitation rights, like weekends, yeah. tops. Yeah. Who did you say made the accusations? I, uh, it was a wife of his. Uh, the believe, the only, I only found one accusation. Mm-hmm. And it was from that third wife. And apparently, because she had talked about, you know, uh, the beatings were so bad, you know, to go to the hospital. And apparently they looked up, there was no fucking ER or hospital records of her or the kid going into the hospital. So apparently she was just full of shit um, on that because none of the uh, Uma Thurman, none of the, none of the other people have accused him of anything. Yeah. So that's, that it gets to a point where it's okay. There can be an accusation against someone, but you know, once in a while uh, somebody's fucking lying, especially in divorce proceedings mm-hmm. when they're trying to get little say anything to get control of the kid. Maybe she had mental issues. Maybe she didn't. I have no idea. Yeah. It's messed up. A lot but of if, kids if the are... judge if the judge ruled against her, I shouldn't say it's a stretch for me to believe her. Like regardless of what the judge said, but but that when, just when the that... judge really rules against you and grants the man sole custody, yeah. that's a rare thing. Oh yeah, just in any case, mm-hmm. if there's domestic abuse or not, generally you know the the best a man can hope for usually is joint custody, and a lot of times it's sole custody to the mother. And then, you know, weekend visitation for the father type of thing. Mm-hmm. So for yeah. the judge to actually give the kids to Gary Oldman, it, it's it got to be full of shit. Yep. Right. Sounds that way. I mean, that just means that not only was there no evidence to support her, that there's probably evidence to uh, discredit uh, her. Yeah. In mm-hmm. the to oppose what she was accusing him of. Mm hmm. Yep. Mm hmm. That actually is a little similar to Mel Gibson's situation with his ex-wife and all those crazy phone calls they made to her or he had racial slurs and just swearing up a storm and, you know, saying the most, you know, crazy things. I've read several different articles about um, different audio experts saying that after looking at the audio tapes, like he said all that shit, but it was out of order and that she edited and pieced together those clips uh, to try to extort him. And well, I mean, it worked because she got a shit ton of money. But yeah. um, there, they were alleging that the reason she was not charged with extortion is because the LAPD didn't want to arrest or charge a woman who was just, you know, an alleged victim of domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be a good look for them, especially in a high-profile case with Mel Gibson and with all the crazy shit he said. Right. You know, who's gonna fucking, <laughs> who's gonna either a believe him or care. That she's trying to extort him, like you know, when people are that pissed off at somebody, they don't really care if he's yeah. losing money. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he definitely had anger and alcohol problems, especially when me. you're that rich. You know, <laughs> yeah. average. She Joe, did get a lot of fucking money. Average Joe <laughs> jury member is gonna say, "Fuck that!" I mean, he's got millions of dollars, and she's just a poor woman, and you know, they don't care. Were you gonna say something? Oh, it's just. Uh, you guys still haven't watched Black Mirror, have you? 
Mm-mm. No. So there's an episode in there that's called Hated in the Nation that's kind of just about how, you know, the whole everybody gets their pitchforks and like goes after a person and just destroys their life. And it, it's it's all about public opinion. Like the facts don't matter at all. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how, I don't know. That sounds topical. Can, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can really just mess mess up a lot of people's lives especially now i mean it happens on the internet all the time you know uh, public opinion goes against somebody and just they get fired like they get divorced their whole life just falls apart when there might not even be anything behind it Mm-hmm. so yeah i think i think they'll about do it for that i think we talked about that ad nauseum i mean can we just get to the fart jokes already <laughs> let's do it what did you see, Clarice? What did you see? So I saw a little, as Jones would say, a little ditty uh, called Brawl in Cell Block 99. Have you heard of this movie? Only mm-hmm. only from you. Yeah. <laughs> it is a Vince Vaughn vehicle. Came out this year, directed by S. Craig Zoller, who... Came um, out 2018. Oh, yeah, 2017, sorry. It is 2018, the year of our Lord, 2018. Let us be the first to wish you a happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the director, it was also written by him, uh, S. Craig Zoller. He also wrote and directed Bone Tomahawk. That was kind of his filmmaking breakout because he's a multi-talented guy. He's a musician, um, writer, director. He does a lot of different stuff. So starring Vince Vaughn. Jennifer Carpenter, Don Johnson, Mark Blucas, Tom Geary, Udo Kier. Udo Kier. Well, it's K-I-E-R. So I don't know if I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but that is Ronald Camp from Ace Ventura, the owner of the Dolphins. Okay. Hmm. But, yeah, because he's been in a few things, and I'm like, that's the fucking guy from Ace Ventura. <laughs> always noticing he's a very i think it's his eyes i mean he also he always looks very european he has that accent um mm. not sure where he's from oh he's, he's he's from germany he's born 1944 in germany so anyways are there any other recognizable people in no not really so what is this you said this wasn't in theaters right uh well it was uh limited release i believe and also video on demand because I saw it a bunch on Xfinity as advertising. I was like, what the hell is this? Vince Vaughn. This looks like a pile of shit, you know? Yeah, what is Vince Vaughn doing in this? I mean... So, just hold on a second. Okay, I'm going okay. to titillate you even more. He's oh. he's making money, is what he's doing. On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie is at 92%. Wow. 92 or 93, one of the two. I thought we weren't using that anymore. No, that's Jones is on a RT boycott. <laughs> why is that i ask him <laughs> okay. i still you know send him unclear like I, I sent him a review well not a review but i sent him a little couple texts about this movie give him that I was like i know you're on a boycott but it's at 92 percent, so it's is that the critics or the audience critics okay um so the storyline is uh, a former boxer turned drug runner lands in a prison battleground after a deal gets deadly. So Vince Vaughn plays a guy who's he's like a tow truck driver and a mechanic who loses his job. He gets laid off. 
and he has an es- kind of estranged wife, and they're trying to piece their relationship back together because they had a they tried to have a child once and she had a miscarriage, so they want to try again and they're gonna forge a new relationship together. But he's got to have money to do that, so he goes. I guess he was previously in the drug business and had since quit. But now he's back in and he's running drugs for some sort of acquaintance of his and deal goes wrong. He ends up in prison and I mean, I don't want to give too much away. It's not like it's necessarily ruining it because this is a, an exploitation like genre picture through and through. So that's kind of like the whole point. So he, he gets to jail. You know, he's, he's no snitch. He's not going to roll over on his buddy or anything like that. And he gets nine years and he's just content to serve that out. But um, his wife, who is now pregnant, gets kidnapped. And her and the child's, or unborn child's life is threatened unless he kills someone in another prison. Because he's at like a minimum security or some sort of state prison. So he has to go to this maximum security federal prison to kill a guy that's in cell block 99. So how does he get there really fast? Question. He's got to break a lot of laws in prison, like kill or you know, fight people. It's gonna be one people. of those he guys. He gets himself transferred there. Yeah. <laughs> so like the last, he's gotta he's gotta be really good, so they let him out early, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's gotta find out when visiting hours are at the other prison. Yeah. Because <clears throat> all this has to be taken care of in a timely manner of like probably less than a month. So how is he going to get to this new prison? So it's a lot of fighting. It's a it's a prison movie, you know, through and through. This is a genre filmmaking. It's exploitation. It's has a very seventies feel. Even the music is very seventies. Um, hey, he he drives a charger in here for a while, so you'll like nice. that, Brad. Cool. Nice. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but it's a it sounds a little contrived. Uh, the the plot sounds a little yeah. contrived. Well, it's the genre why, of prison movie. Why would you have a guy in a minimum security prison go to a different prison to kill somebody? Why don't you just have somebody at that prison do it? Well, you'll, you'll I guess see I'll have to you, see. I guess we got to see to find out. Those are the questions I have going in. <laughs> but yeah, it's very graphic and violent and bloody and awesome. Hmm. Uh, I would give this, I thought about it for a while. I'm going to have to give it a soonish. Watch this movie soonish. It is genre filmmaking at its finest and if you, neither of you guys have seen bone tomahawk right no i have not starts kurt russell and uh matthew fox who you are very familiar with right now yeah. after lost um and richard jenkins and some other people it's a western that kind of has a horror element to it also very graphic when was this made uh, a few years ago it came out hmm. so this guy is Shooting up to the top of my list of you guys need to watch out for this S. Craig Zoller because he's done two movies and he's knocked it out of the park. Uh, I would say Bone Tomahawk's probably in eventually, but yeah, that is also very graphic. Very has a lot of exploitative elements to it, even though it's just like a western. Hmm. Very bloody and up until Brawl and Cell Block '99, Jones and I talked about it. I think Bone Tomahawk has the most graphic and brutal death I've ever seen. A new movie. And there's some in this brawl in Cell Block 99 that give it a run for its money. There's some bone-crunching entertainment in here, to be sure. So if you're into exploitation-type movies, genre, films, 
this will be up your alley. It's not going to win Oscars, but sounds fun. Damn near. Yeah. Every, everyone's praising Vince. Vince Vaughn's awesome in here. He's incredible, cool. which I was not expecting because I see the the poster like on on demand. I'm like Vince Vaughn right? prison movie. Yeah. The fuck is this? But then I always kind of forget. Well, Vince Vaughn's like six five and he's kind of a huge dude. Yeah. And he, he put on some muscle for this. It's not like he's ripped or anything, but he's just a big dude. So I guess kind of it works for him, and he's he's great in here. So, yeah. Brawl and Cell Block 99. Cool. have to watch that. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Brett? You want to hear about mine? So mine's from uh, 1986, and it's called Never Too Young to Die. Stars John Stamos, <laughs> Vanity, Gene Simmons, George Lazenby, Peter Kwong, uh, John Anderson, Robert England. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, directed by Gil Bettman, written by Stephen Paul and Stuart Paul. And if you if you watch this movie, you'll notice on the opening credits, once they get into the producers and writers, everybody's name is Paul. <laughs> so the Paul family had a lot of money into this one. What uh, genre is this? Oh, it's like, it's a little bit of everything. Okay. I'm trying to imagine what John Stamos and Gene Simmons would be doing in a movie together. Wait, wait till you hear the plot summary. <laughs> Here we go. A top secret agent is murdered, so his estranged son, a high school gymnast, I think he's actually <laughs> in college, uh, teams up with his dad's attractive female partner to stop the psychopathic, hermaphroditic gang leader who killed him, <laughs> and, and now plans a major terrorist attack. All right. This movie was fantastic. <laughs> I give it an eventually, because uh, it's... It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen, but it was so good. And you watched it on Turner Classic Movies, it was, correct? It was on Turner Classic Movies. I recorded it last weekend. If you have Xfinity, I don't know if it's on other systems, but it's on demand through the 14th of January on TCM. So uh, it's eventually, but you might want to see it pretty soon because who knows when it'll be available again. Uh, so Gene Simmons is a hermaphrodite. And he wants, <laughs> and he wants to poison the city's water supply, but his computer disk to do it has been stolen. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> he has a disk. He's got a floppy disk that he needs. He's to, got a computer uh, floppy disk to poison the water supply that has a program on it that poisons the water supply. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Keep going. But it's been stolen and he needs it back. <laughs> <laughs> and so George Lazenby is a James sec Bond secret agent. <laughs> they don't really say what agency he works for. It's something with the US government. Uh and uh he apparently has it, but uh he gets killed. Spoiler alert. And then his son is John Stamos who doesn't know that his dad is a secret agent until after the funeral. <laughs> and uh, Gene Simmons starts going after John Stamos. So John Stamos has to hook up with his dad's hot partner and uh, avenge his dad's death. And it's got some of the fucking craziest stuff I've ever seen in a movie. 
Gene Simmons's gang is straight out of Mad Max. They all look like they're in Mad Max costumes, like the Road Warrior. Not mm-hmm. even the first one; it was the second one. They're driving Mad Max style cars in modern day California. And uh, like I said, it's got some of the craziest shit I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> and uh, I would recommend you see this. Eventually, it's not like I said; it's not a good movie, but it's really entertaining. And it's available through this weekend on TCM On Demand. And I don't know when it'll be available again. So, you know, if you got the time, hit it up this week. If not, next time it's available, hit it up. Yeah, our our rating system is supposed to be kind of used as a guide as to what movies you should watch and when you should watch them, how you prioritize them. But as we said, you know, watch this movie never. You should probably never watch that. Uh, Last Resort is, you know, there might be some some movies in there that you like, maybe even a lot. But we didn't really deem them like, hey, you have to see this right. before you die. Eventually is, yeah, we think it's worth your time. You should seek it out, at least eventually, and watch it. I would say try not to pay for it. <laughs> but if you can watch it for free, you're going to want to watch it. Yeah. And we, I mean, even shitty movies that, like, this one sounds like it has a lot of value. Yeah. Um, and, like, Sleepaway Camp, that's an eventually. I mean, that that's a bad movie, but damn, is it fucking fun. I mean, like, it, there, there's certain campy movies that we'd probably just put in the last resort. Because, like, yeah, it's it's a fun, dumb movie, but yeah. not every one is, I guess, as fun as the others, that type of thing. And so, eventually, it's kind of like our universal stamp of approval if the movie's in the theaters right now we recommend you go see it in the theater and then soonish is just like you should prioritize this on your list and then asap is just like why haven't you seen this already (laughs) type of thing they're they're usually reserved for more classic films so they're usually older or iconic films maybe movies that push the boundaries get the asap rating right but uh yeah so even though you said eventually for this like you said probably gonna be going off on demand here very shortly very quickly yeah so you gotta you gotta act on that yeah like i said i i probably wouldn't pay for it i wouldn't recommend paying for it but if you have the opportunity to watch it for free you are going to want to watch it never too young to die so I'm trying to imagine John Stamos in this. Like how this it was is like, 1986. He was, this is before like, Full House. So he was, he was playing a Full House, right? <laughs> it was like yeah. two or three years before Full House. Yeah. But he does he look like a college kid in it? He like, looks really believable? young. He looks really young. Okay. He still does look because he's like what? What is he? He's just over 50 now. <laughs> yeah. So he would probably been right around 20 years old when it came out. Yeah. Does he have his Elvis hair yet? It's getting there. Right. It's about halfway. He's cool. a gymnast. The opening credits are over a scene of him practicing trampoline. Mm-hmm. Is he good? He's uh, he's getting ready for the competition. He's John Stamos. He's good at everything. <laughs> good point. There Body co- wise, there's a couple of wrestlers in the gym who aren't who aren't feeling it. Uh, they they don't think he's manly enough. But mm. uh, you know, he shows it up. That's good. But uh, yeah, I was. I didn't know what to expect, and I was really happy that I watched it. Cool. All right, PJ, what you got? <laughs> P 
PJ? <laughs> what does that stand for? Come on, Jay. Producer Bird. Jason. We've we talked about uh, this. Oh, right, right. PJ, oh, Jay Bird. We don't know yes. what we're calling it yet, but. Yeah, I don't know how I forgot about that. <laughs> PJ. Yeah, I like PJ. Okay. <laughs> All right. I saw Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Okay. I will I yield the floor to you. I will speak after you are done. Okay. <laughs> well, feel free to interject. Uh, it is a Star Wars movie. Wait, when did it come out? What's that? <laughs> I'm not familiar. Can you just tell me the whole backstory on okay. the Star Wars thing? So, uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I'm already lost. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I know what Star Wars is. I've seen most of oh, them. Oh, good. Okay. Directed by Ryan Johnson. Uh, written by Ryan Johnson. Based on characters by George Lucas, starring Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Andy Serkis, Lupita Nyong'o. Probably pronouncing that wrong. It's pretty close. Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, she won Best Supporting Actress for 12 Years a Slave a few years ago. What was yeah. that actress whose name that you kept screwing up last year? It sounded like the N-word. Uh, Ruth Nyega. What was she in? Uh, Loving. Okay. But no, actually... To jump on that, because we, we, we debated it for like months, because his name is spelled N-E-G-G-A. Okay. So how would you say that, Jason? Uh, I'd rather not. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, lead up to last year's Oscars, you know, she was nominated. She was in the movie, was nominated. So I was like, well, I got to say her name a bunch of times. So I initially I was just like, well, Ruth Naga, like like a nay, a nay sure. sound, yeah. Naga. I never did the, I never did a knee. <laughs> it was always a nay okay but one time i went to look it up like in wikipedia it'll spell it phonetically mm-hmm. and I, I went to the you know phonetic alphabet and whatnot and tried to sound it out through there and what i got with it was i assumed that it was trying to say that it was pronounced niaga because like the it said the n was like a ni sound okay but i don't think i'm supposed to actually add the i onto it so i just the na na not like not naga something like that because and during the oscars when they announced her name she just said ruth naga and so i was like well i don't know what it is yeah (laughs) it's either naga or naga but she's i she said naga on the oscars so she i mean you're talking about her herself said her no, name. No, 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 the, the, the presenter. Oh, okay. Who's the, you know, announcing the nominees yeah. and I've whatnot. never heard of a presenter mispronouncing yeah. a name. That's another thing. They could have just gotten it wrong, and everyone's like, well, it's... Yeah. She just said it how it sounds. Aren't there any interviews of her on YouTube or something? I guess I haven't... I didn't look at that. That's what I would look at. Yeah, I should look at that. That's how I learned to pronounce all these different scotches. Oh, okay. Yeah. They should ask... There's uh, a lot of interviews that aren't like... Oh, Jason Neely's here with us. How are you, Jason? Like, usually it's just like they set up so-and-so interviews Jason Neely, and it's like, hey, Jason, what's up with the new movie? Yeah. But I'm sure there, like, there's got to be a video on there somewhere. Yeah, or the actor would correct them if they introduced them wrong, I would think. Yeah, <laughs> especially with a, a name that's so close to that. Yeah. But anyways, back to Last Jedi. Yeah, let's see. Uh, so the rest of the cast, I don't know. Who, who is who in the movie? But Dominal Gleason, Anthony Daniels, Gwendolyn Christie, Kelly Marie Tran, Laura Dern, Benicio del Toro. I know that guy. 
Mm-hmm. I was surprised to see him in there. Laura Dern's in there. Oh yeah, Jesus, she's just in pink hair. Everything recently. Her purple hair. Laura Dern. Seems like she's been in like six movies in oh, the last yeah, three yeah. months. Yeah, you know, from all the David Lynch character. movies. <laughs> Wait. She was Twin in Big Peaks Little Revival. Lies. That's she, the new she's one in the the new Twin Peaks. Well, she is in the new Twin Peaks, but she's in most of his movies as well. Hmm. She wasn't in the original Twin Peaks, though, right? No. Okay. Actually, once you find out what character she plays, you're going to be like, holy shit. You're fucking with me. All right. I don't want to hear anymore. No spoilers. Uh, yeah. I don't know. How many of these names do you want? A lot of people involved. In no, the that, that's enough names. Okay. Uh, and this was 2017. Release date... Uh, December 15th? December 15th, that is correct. So yeah, Star Wars movie. Uh, third one, I guess, since the since Star Wars was acquired by Disney, right? Yeah, if you count Rogue One, it is the third. Yeah. Um, Second in the new trilogy, episode eight. That is right. Of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Honestly, it felt a lot like the first new one, episode... Force Awakens seven, yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm a little worried that, like, since you know Disney acquired that and they obviously want to pump out a lot of them, mm-hmm. I'm worried that they're just been going to become too formulaic and like boring and generic, you know. Which yeah. is kind of how I feel about all the superhero movies. Because mm-hmm. I mean, just a lot of the elements in this movie, you can like point to those exact elements in the last one, like. You know, certain characters fill like the exact same spots in the story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah. Is there another Death Star? Uh, sort of. <laughs> I mean, no, not an actual Death Star, but. Well, they didn't call it the Death Star in the the one before this one either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it was bigger than the Death Star, but it was it was Star a big, Killer Base. It was yeah. a big it was um, a big sphere in the sky that blows up planets. Yeah, I guess they don't really have anything like that in episode eight. It's more of just because the whole movie's the storyline is just one big chase they're before probably, one ship runs out of gas. They're probably rebuilding <laughs> it. But uh, so, what, what would you what would you rate it? I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. Uh, I mean, it depends how invested you are in the Star Wars thing. I guess if you're a big Star Wars fan, yeah, you can go see it. Oh. It's, uh, what what what's the ASAP? I guess if, I mean if you're really into Star Wars, the, well, sure, ASAP, right? Well, not actually, you wouldn't because of the the fan backlash. That's there's a reason it is a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes from mm-hmm. the users. Really, I heard it was the best Star Wars <laughs> ever. <laughs> I we read, talked about it a little bit. I read one but. article like the week it came out, and it says it's the best Star Wars ever. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I haven't done a lot of reading about the reception, but. Fans are harshly divided. Okay. I might have mischaracterized. I read a headline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The week it came out. That said, still is. Is this the best Star Wars ever? It's still at oh, about 90%. They posed it as a question. They didn't say it is the best Star Wars ever. They said, I think the, uh, the little blurb the, it started with yes. I saw, <laughs> okay. I saw some reviews that were like, this is the best Star Wars movie ever. Wow. wow. That's, yeah. yeah. I, some people were really into it. Huh. That's oh, kind of yeah. surprising. They fucking honestly. love it. I think the author was Mickey something on the article. Mickey something. Best Star Wars ever. 
Mouse. No. Mickey Rourke. M- Mickey Mouse. What is that? But to your point, like if they were like huge Star Wars fans, like we still wouldn't even give them an ASAP rating, even if we both loved the movie. Like, is ASAP like the the uh, elusive five stars? Like almost yes. nothing gets that. It's like sometimes it's easy easier to understand a rating system if you think of it as like a star rating system, sure. but it really isn't a star rating system either, because yeah. within the categories, there's. Like we talked about eventually, there might be some really shitty movies in there that are just a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And there might just be some really good movies in there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, how do you have a, like a good movie against like a campy one? And they have the same eventually rating, but even if you thought of it as a star rating, they both have three stars then. But they're obviously a lot different. Sure. So that, like we said, it's more of a way to prioritize what and when you should watch type okay. of thing. Okay. So... If you're a Star Wars fan, soonish is that the what? What's the step no? You down just from... you you give your own rating, yeah, sure. and then we'll let the cat out of the bag. Okay. I mean, I already tweeted about it. I give it a last resort. Uh, Jones gave it an eventually. Um, I tweeted about that and I put it on the webs and uh, our rating systems on our website as an eventually, uh, even though I fucking hated it. Um, I put it on eventually because well, I still think it's visually stunning. And, um, like I said, Jones gave it an eventually rating. And like when we disagree, we usually, sometimes we'll flip a coin if we really, you know, have a hard time. Like if I was really wanted to, you know, stick my foot in the ground and be like, no, like we'd flip a coin, but it is star Wars and it is something that you should see on the big screen. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's something you should decide for yourself if you like it or not. Um, and it's Star Wars, so go see it in the theater. So, I mean, I have no trouble writing down eventually encouraging people to see it. I don't want people to not see it. But, yeah, what would you would you give it eventually? Yeah, if I was, yeah. Did I mean, you like it enough it for yourself? Myself, yeah. Myself, I would say eventually. Yeah. Okay, so you liked it. Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> no. You sound like you're trying to talk you, yourself into a you don't, Okay, okay. You don't regret seeing it. I don't regret seeing it, but honestly, most of it is just because it's a Star Wars movie. You yeah. know, like I. So you're not I've big into Star, Star Wars, Wars, like in the the I'm previous not, ones. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge fan, but it's, you know, it's it's a classic. I mean, these, these movies, like, they're classic. You know, I grew mm. up with them. At least culturally classic. It's like, yeah, you know, when the new Star Wars phenomenon. comes out, everyone's going to be talking about yeah. it. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying where, like, I'm afraid that they're going to turn Star Wars into, like, they're going to bring it down from that status. It's not going to be a, you know, cultural phenomenon anymore. It's just going to be a series of movies that just keep coming out and they won't stop. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't care anymore. You yeah. See? It's a cash grab. Yeah. Exactly. Cash grab. Yeah, I, there's a lot, many reasons why I didn't, I went and saw it twice in the theater. Dolby Atmos at uh, AMC, which is a pretty sweet theater. And they, they're both experiences were great both times. Nobody was talking and they're being annoying in the theater, nothing like that. Awesome, like recliner chairs. Sound system is incredible. Yeah. Big screen. So awesome experiences. Like everything was set up for me to love this movie. And I was excited for it. Saw the great reviews, the over 90% around tomatoes. It should have been very easy for me to like this movie. Because it's very hard for me to dislike movies. Mm-hmm. Like, even, especially to a point where we rate them poorly. 
or like even to like never. We barely have any never rated movies because usually we can tell which movies we're not going to like, especially mm-hmm. like Jones and I. I'm not going to go see Sex in the City 2 to tell people I don't like it. I yeah. just don't have to watch it. Yeah. And I never watched the show, so, but you know, anyways. <laughs> you wouldn't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, movies like that or The Ugly Truth or like some, some like stupid rom-com or maybe dumb, some new Adam Sandler movie, um, even though I usually, I generally watch most of his new ones, even though they, they suck. I don't think they're good, but I know it's just weird that, um, God, I lost my train of thought where I was getting at. What was I trying to say? Star know. Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. You really wanted to be, like this movie. And yeah. And... It ignores the original trilogy by and large. Uh, so it's like, okay, well, this is, a, this is a new trilogy for a new generation. Well, it ignores the fucking first movie of this new trilogy. There, there's a harsh divide among fans. Is there a reason why J.J. Uh, Abrams didn't do this one? Well, they, originally that was... He wasn't supposed to do with it or the next one. And they fired the guy who Colin Trevorrow was supposed to do episode nine. And they, JJ Abrams was like, Oh, okay, I guess I'm back on. I guess I'll finish this out. But Ryan Johnson just completely did away with pretty much everything JJ Abrams did. So now I don't know what the JJ Abrams is going to have to do the same thing to this one to make nine make sense. Or he's just going to, I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what he's going to do with it. Cause if they bring in a, a new, writer director for the the sequel wouldn't you think they'd have some oversight on him to say no this doesn't make sense based on what we already did you know mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta keep some continuity yeah ryan johnson pretty much apparently missed that meeting about continuity <laughs> by the time they figured it out it was probably too late i could think like at best it could be like a postmodern deconstruction of star wars maybe that's what he was going for and if he was, you know what? You don't fucking do that in part eight of nine of the fucking Skywalker saga. Yeah. That's not the place to do it. He's already signed on to, he's going to create a new trilogy of Star Wars movies that are completely different, set apart, like a different storyline from this. That's like the next Star Star Wars project is he's going to do a whole trilogy of a different storyline in a different part of the universe. It's just going to be called Star Wars. So if he wanted to change a lot of shit, he could have just done it there or done his right. postmodern deconstruction if that's what he wanted to do. But I also think it that'd be giving it too much credit because I just cannot ignore all the plot holes in the movie. There's just so many fucking plot holes. And I love Ryan Johnson. Looper and Brick are phenomenal movies. But I was just like, what the fuck is he doing in here the whole time? The plot holes just, oh, my God. Especially that's that's kind of how the postmodern deconstruction aspect falls apart for me. It's like, oh, there's so many plot holes in here. Like, what is going on? None of this makes sense. But I don't know. Maybe we'll do an episode about how much I hate it one time. But I mean, I'll, I'll still buy it. I'm still gonna be buying it. I gotta complete the fucking collection. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like I said, yeah, go out and see it. It is like I said, visually, it is stunning. The colors that Ryan Johnson uses are awesome. Yeah, there's some it is pretty. There's some fight scenes that, especially in Snoke's lair where everything's so red and a lot of good uses of the color red. Yeah. So, yeah, visually it is great. I'll give him that. Uh, it was kind of funny at the end when the color red is all over the place and mm-hmm. they just have this one little, like, 
two second thing to explain like why it's red yeah you know what i'm talking about mm. salt <laughs> it, yeah it just seemed so like why is that there the only reason that moment is there is to explain <laughs> like this gives us license to use as much red as we want here. yeah you know? you know why this planet looks really cool because it's salt <laughs> <laughs> and people would bitch at us for recreating hoth if we made it ice planet because yeah. that's what it looks like yeah initially the other All scene right. that bugged me was uh, when a certain character from the original trilogy comes back and they like ghost him over the scene mm-hmm. like uh like some bad 80s family photo shoot you know what i mean yeah it seems like there was a practical effect with cgi elements with it yeah i don't know that, it was that didn't work for me yeah we're trying to stay from spoilers here so yeah. we're not getting too specific well, i didn't i didn't say which character it was yeah <laughs> i know that's why i said practical effect <laughs> and cgi mixed in yeah. but uh yeah so eventually <laughs> that's what we're deciding on eventually go out and see star wars the last jedi in theaters now because disney needs your money it's not doing so hot over there oh uh, yeah they are they're doing very well. <laughs> they're doing well. all right <laughs> If the next one has Ewoks, I might see it in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think they'll about do it. This turned out to be one fucking long-ass episode. Uh, reach out to us. Email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. You can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie. Please do us a favor. Give us the old rate and review and subscribe on iTunes and or Stitcher. Other than that, we'll check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.